You're listening to Almost Diplomatic, DC-based podcast that discusses geopolitics, national security, a whole bunch of nonsense over beers. And as a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy! Welcome back to another episode of Almost Diplomatic. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me this evening is... Robert Thomas, Tom Durham, Lex Cardone, and recording on August 13th, 2019. So welcome back, guys. Welcome back, Tom. You're Thank back you. again. I guess you did an okay job the last time. Well, I must have done well enough that you invited me back to your home again. Two in a row. This is pretty yeah, I know. important a, for a guest star. Yeah. How many until I can fail my punch card and get um, a free Natty Bow? There, there's a beat-in. Pro- I mean, not beat-in. I mean, like, <laughs> a, 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 um, you well, know. Shh, I mean, what? <laughs> Anyway, so um, this evening we'll be discussing the situation ongoing in Kashmir, which is, to say the least, kind of a clusterfuck right now. Um, but before we jump, dive into that, to our beer tonight, which we are drinking uh, from Stone Brewing, the Stone Scorpion Bowl IPA. And That's reason, um, quite the poetic yeah. choice there. <laughs> a punch to the stinger, which I'm like, I don't know what that means. Neither like, do they. It's fine. Like the flowers and like the almost Hawaiian art, but then there's just yeah. the devil on it. Well, it, well, that's the that's their logo. Well, I get that, but it's just it's a very interesting. Uh, it's an odd aesthetic. No, exactly. no Scorpion Bowl is like a good tiki drink. I haven't had it. But it's a seven and a half percent IPA. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. A little hazy. We like that. Especially the summer, the summer of haze. This is definitely the summer of haze <laughs> for the almost diplomatic crew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now, despite the fact that you perhaps over choose the IPAs, I've decided to <laughs> complain less about that. <laughs> yeah. Because the alternatives that we've had have involved things like Icelandic whale. Testicles. You're still, you're still hung up on that shit. Like it's, it's been hey, like it was, a year. <laughs> it was scarring. It, it was really... not. It was good. It was just really weird. It smelled kind of like shit, but like, you know what? It's not the big... Because it was literally smoked over sheep dung. <laughs> I'm sorry that you guys don't like other cultures and you're racist. I mean, that's your fucking problem. Uh, well, yes, I and I my s- Scandinavian ancestry are really racist against Iceland. I'm just, preju- really? I'm just prejudiced against Icelandic liquor and beer, I guess. Yeah. You know, lock me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They might. You don't know. They might. Yeah. Maybe if they did they, all, they, they may have... go, they may go full Viking. Again. Maybe if they like sorry. would distinguish themselves better with their flags, not be so damn confusing. Yeah. And five of them all have the same flag. You know, maybe. Let's yeah. just throw off potential invaders. Yeah. You, know. you need to go back to the original one. Just I think just a the bunch of Vikings on of... shore and a bunch of Britons and Scots running for the high, for the hills. That's what they need. That's what not that's, a bunch of that's what, it's gonna nice happen again. Nordic so, crosses, so, and not because we bring up Brexit almost every episode, but that's what's gonna happen. It's be Vikings attacking Britain uh, again because yes. it's easy. But anyhow, make the first millennium great again. <laughs> <laughs> bring back Viking conquest. That's what people want. That's what the people want. <laughs> we want Harold Verdrada. <laughs> uh, <that's... laughs> That Anywho, that's, that's a good start of nerd references for the speaking uh, episode of, here. Speaking of uh, clusterfucks and bloodbaths, what are we talking about today? Um, so situation Kashmir, which essentially the, the base situation is that um, the Indian government uh, revoked certain articles that has really changed the uh, situation in Jammu and Kashmir. Before we get into that, let's 
Rob, you want to tell us a little bit about the background? Because this is uh, not a simple issue, I mean, to say the least. So it sits in a web of not exactly simple history. Uh, I mean, the whole Indian subcontinent is one of the oldest sites of civilization uh, that we know of in the whole of human history. But it's never been straightforward. You have centuries of complicated shifting populations and borders and cultural transitions that stay pretty messy up until modern times. Uh, I mean, eventually the British colonial projects in the area consolidated uh, a lot of a lot of the region into more or less one jurisdiction and then they just kind of decided to leave without a whole lot of actual transition planning uh, after World War II and guess what it was still complicated so that turned messy with the so, partition between India and Pakistan and then eventually Bangladesh as well and it left some trouble spots so just a uh, uh, quick break um, what you're saying is that it's Britain's fault again. I mean, <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's, 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 not, it's more not. It's not. Not their fault. Than that. Uh, <laughs> it is. We, we I mean, know how you feel, but uh, I mean, this is this is also <laughs> a region too where it's there are so many different ethnicities and so many different languages in the Indian subcontinent that a good way to think of it, particularly for um, Americans, as I've kind of heard it explained many times, is think of it as. They're all Indian, per se, or Desi. A lot of times they uh, prefer to go by. But it's kind of like how the French and the Germans, they're both European, but their languages are different. Their food, their culture is still a lot of similarities and a lot of differences. Same thing with a lot of the different ethnicities in the Indian subcontinent. It's just a little bit more integrated in some areas than others. Um, so it's not as integrated as America, but more so than Europe. It's very decentralized as opposed to right. China, which is more heavily centralized as or as you, well, sometimes yes, artificially so yeah or europe yes, where yes. you have you know these formations into nation states whereas in india um culture religion are much more fluid than they were um they didn't have the kind of westphalian system that the europeans had and you've had you know block to block to block differences of religion culture um uh, political opinion which uh, that extend today and oh, yeah. you know people like to say that you know yes Kashmir is a majority muslim um, region, um, but even then, the opinions change between: Do we want to be independent? Do we want to be part of Pakistan? Do we want to, you know, be part of this, you know, the world's biggest and, democracy in India? And then, oh, sorry, no, go ahead. I was gonna, even also to that too, just like the predominant religion in the region, um, and well, family of religions like Hinduism, Sikhism, Jainism, and Buddhism, they all spawn off of that. They're all per se like Hinduism per se is its own religion, but really. Hinduism is so different within it, it's really hard for a lot of Westerners to wrap their heads around because yep. it's sometimes polytheistic, yes, but then also a lot of Hindus believe that all the many gods of man are actually simply just parts of one singular god and there really is only one god. But then some Hindus insist that there's only one god and it's their particular god, and then there's some that think that all the gods and goddesses don't exist. They're just simply a collection of stories for us to learn by. And so, and then, like then from that, and there's tons and tons of subsections around that. Like, it's so... The religions itself, like it shows in every facet, really, of a lot of Indian, like yeah, society. Yeah. And you also have, I mean, Kashmir is the of the Indian states. It's the one, the only one with the Muslim majority. But all there, 
there's a significant Muslim minority in many Indian states, right? Oh, That's yeah. What, yeah. And so just to give a little bit more geographic pinpointing to this, uh, I mean, with all of that context of the, the messiness and complications of the history and the fact that the British didn't help, but they didn't create the problem. Uh, uh, so the, the broader region of Kashmir is up there in, in the sort of northwest of India, east of Pakistan, and China claims a little sliver of it too, just because, <laughs> just <a tip>. they, <laughs> because they can. Um, so it's, it's a, a border region that is in some ways not the most, um, promising area for, for people to say, oh, this is going to be a, a resource hub or something like that. But it's, it's got some strategic significance, uh, given it's, its position and how it can be used to access the territories of each of those countries. So that plus the demographic and cultural questions have made possession of it a really fraught issue. And so you have a situation where India claims the largest chunk, Pakistan the next largest chunk, China a smaller chunk, but there's not really yeah. mutual recognition across them of yeah. who properly claims it's what. Also a major or not so much now but it has been a major tourist destination because it's of the yeah. natural beauty the what what they call the switzerland of the indian subcontinent it, it's also one of those militarized areas in the world yeah it's the it's been the flashpoint for all t two of four indies, two, uh, three, two out of three indies wars well if you get well, yeah. a war where you count as those kind of things yeah it's, it's so it kind of really perficially um india and pakistan have fought four wars since uh, the partition. Now, granted, that's not counting the countless border skirmishes and all sorts of other tomfoolery, to put it mildly. Which is very recently. Yeah, yes. February. Yeah, the first um, bombing uh, or the first aerial bombing by India, Pakistan since '71, was it? Yep. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then just the suicide bombing for that killed about a little over 40 yeah. people. Um, some of them, most of them, actually Muslim um, right. as well, um, because the Indian Army is very religiously diverse and even though muslims make up um i mean hindus make up about 79 percent of the population but even then india still has the second uh, largest muslim population in the world that's just how many people there are yeah uh, yeah and also to say there's a large christian population also in india mostly present in the south um very old one too yeah um they yeah that's actually where they believe um saint thomas is buried he traveled down there for and then a Muslim um, king one time, uh, I guess, built then a shrine or a tomb around where they think he is um, buried. And so a lot of them are essentially followers of St. Thomas, um, yeah. and which has came more to some of their conflict they had later with other Christians they encountered because they claim they were Christians before Europe, which is true. Um, so their argument thing is they basically get annoyed with the Catholics and everyone else as to like, why this is what Thomas taught us to do. Yeah. Go away. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, not to get it, but this right. recent, so this recent, um, what, like, what would, what is the implication of this recent well, move? I mean, the, before we um, get into implications, we should probably specify what's just happened because it's yeah. kind of complicated. Um, as with many international issues, they begin in 
uh, domestic political con- considerations, right? Oh, yeah. and, this is, and this is an entirely a move by Modi to solidify his base or his electoral so, chances. And if, if no one has uh, picked up on this just yet, the whole theme of this episode is this is all really damn complicated, even more than you think. Oh, yeah. uh, but essentially, what we've we've had in, in just the last week or so is... Since August uh, 5th. <laughs> a kind of series of steps that the Indian government has taken to change the status of the portion of Kashmir that they directly control and administer right now. It had special constitutional status with a high degree of sort of local autonomy, uh, on paper at least. It's been eroded over the decades. Uh, And a couple other restrictions, including on people from elsewhere in India uh, buying property there and and working in different kinds of professional positions there. Uh, And very quickly... Uh, the Modi government in India has dramatically accelerated the erosion of that and has not just changed the special status, but has literally revoked uh, their existence as a state. Uh, has has basically started to carve up Jammu and Kashmir into a, a subset of different territories that are more or less controlled by the national government instead of having even a normal state level degree of self-control it would be like if washington dc just unilaterally said oh we're dismantling new york state and new york state residents don't get to elect their own legislature or representatives to congress or anything like that we're going to just appoint officials there. Well, now. it's it's like it's basically downgraded into like a sec, not even a state, but just a territory that's controlled by the central government. So, what well, also what you're seeing a, a and a couple yeah. territories in the, the autonomy they had. Yeah. They had their own constitution, their own autonomy their for own quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, in India, is they're doing it under the reason they claim that Modi told the nation in a, an address about four or five days ago or so was that it was for more economic uh, and like cultural integration. Because, I mean, Kashmir is very isolated from the rest of the country just in, t- in terms of economic, cultural. Like, if you aren't Kashmir, you can't buy land there. Well, you couldn't, and now you'll be able to. <laughs> uh, but now it'll be, supposed easier for business to get into there. But you, the plan is to kind of more develop the region because it is one of the poorest regions of India as yeah. a result. So I understand that, but then also for kind of... Because uh, what India's and a lot of the BJP parties kind of our dream is to make india more kind of more central more culturally united uh, yeah. because it is historically a very uh like decentralized country i mean if anyone wants to get an idea what i mean just look up how many part political parties there are in india and how many of them hold offices the list is huge it's like 60 so, to 80 depending on the year like so it, more of a traditional nation in that sense and that how does that play into the Hinduism aspect and um, pro- largely because it is the only region that is majority Muslim. Uh, the rest of India, every state you go to, I mean, there'll be you know some towns that are more Muslim, and others are some villages, but every other state is majority Hindu. But and is, of course, is... a lot of the Hindu nationalists, which don't make up all of the BJP party, there are a faction of the BJP party. They of course 
are very big on that India is a land of the Hindus. Uh, land of Hind is um, a Hindu nation. And so this really plays well with them in bringing in that land because there were Hindus there at one um, point in time, as there have been many yeah. other groups. And so that's kind of bringing that fold. There's a lot of Hindus now that are really excited to go by land there, and then some that descended from families used to live in Kashmir that now plan to go back. And so it's... And yeah. there's there's even been some rhetoric uh, from those political quarters to the effect that... Islam is not an authentically Indian religion. And so even the Muslims in yeah. Kashmir uh, were basically forcibly converted. And therefore, in some theoretical way, they can be brought back into the fold, which is uh, interestingly see, similar oh. to some of the things that the Chinese Communist Party says about Islam in Xinjiang. Yeah. Uh, that it was, it was conquest. And so uh, it's... Well, it's not their fault, but we can kind of normalize not them quite, again as part yeah, of our broader society. Not quite the same, but the situation in Myanmar, where you have this kind of um, Muslim minority that was shipped over there. It's not. not it's, well, not, so, it's not. It's so not analogous, but it's this kind of. Oh, this is in. This is a non-indigenous. Well, and so uh, I would say the sect. the key difference is that in in the situation you've just referenced. Uh, the claim is that the people themselves are not actually right. local. They're illegal immigrants and we're going to, yeah. to throw them back Product out. of the colonial whereas in, in Whereas in the situations in both Xinjiang and in Kashmir, there are at least some groups within China and India that have made the claim of, well, the people are, are fine. They belong here, mm -hmm. but they're their religious and cultural traditions are impositions. And so we're, we're going to free them of this burden and make them like us. Yeah. I, in and some can... ways, it's kind of like a, a lot of colonial practices yeah, where you, can... you have these forced assimilations. Yeah, and you can hear the argument that, you know, it is one of, it is the poorest region in India and there are, you know, economic links that need to be, need to be made. But there's also the, you know, is this an attempt to... The critics come at it with is this an attempt to um, reshape the demographics it, of it's, it's quote unquote called they want to implement demographic changes yeah it's also too like i mean this is kind of been from what i, I saw understand the Soviet Union a lot with yeah, yeah. yeah. from understanding this has been kind of like in more integrating kashmir into a country has been for a while like especially hindu nationalists and the bjps yeah. okay, i guess like their their big goal their great white whale they were kind of chasing because india over time has been for lack of a better term for the moby dick fans out there um but for over time though india yeah, has yeah. slowly that analogy goes dark places very quickly <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert if you haven't read yeah. it the boat sinks the... <laughs> where i mean there's some analysts who maybe argue that this is probably not the best idea so maybe yeah uh but no to I'm be so... continued yeah. Not to out Remains yourself to for uh, our numerous uh, listeners who are oh, very man. aggressive uh, Hindu nationalists, I'm sure. But also part of it, like, so what I was saying, <laughs> so back to what I was saying, though. Um, so for a while, like, part of a lot of this Hindu nationalism or kind of, I guess you could say, re, you know, bring, um, yeah, bring, like, Hindu, uh, re, bring back a lot of Hindus back to India 
I mean, they've been renaming over time, like, a lot of the things, the British name. Like, a lot of people know uh, in America, they know Mumbai actually as Bombay. Um, it hasn't been Bombay for a while. It's it's Mumbai now. Um, they still will call it Bombay, but if you as a foreigner show up and call it Bombay, uh, don't do that. <laughs> they, they will not like that. Uh, and that's just one of many, many places, like renaming of streets, what have you. And this is, you know, they've been doing that for a long time. And then, but like their big greater goal has been rebuilding um, several temples, particularly this one temple to the god of, uh, it was pronounced Rama, uh, on top of a mosque that was destroyed a long time ago. Um, and then now reintegrating in Kashmir. Because that's always an effective strategy, building a temple on top of another temple on top of oh, another yeah. temple. That I mean, I I would argue, of course, that one of the profound ironies of some of the rhetoric on this topic is that both the Indian subcontinent as, as a region and, in fact, Hinduism itself as a religious tradition have both historically been incredibly diverse oh, yeah. and dynamic. And so this idea of a centralized, one-size-fits-all approach of there's one right way to do things, one right identity to have, yep. uh, one right way to think about things is curiously alien to the actual... It's very similar. I mean, it's kind of just the nationalists in general. I mean, it's kind of like how a lot of uh, right-wing nationalists are just um, in Europe. Always just harken back to medieval and Renaissance time when all of Christendom was united as one. That was never the case. That was (laughs) never the case. They were killing each other until the Pope said, go kill these guys instead of each other. It's just like as if all of Christendom was like (laughs) always united and all of the countries and ethnicities in Europe were neatly sorted. Oh, like just look at the Byzantine Empire or even just any part of Europe. There's a lot of mix. The dirty little secret of nationalism of any kind is the fable that any group of people was ever just a unified, consistent whole that lasted through the generations, when in reality, everywhere you go in the world, people have moved and changed and intermingled and had all kinds of dynamic relationships. Exactly. Generation by generation, there's nowhere where that's not You can't put a box around culture. Oh, yeah. You can't. There's no such thing. I mean, every, every, every language, every creed, every culture has has been influenced by its neighbors and by its predecessors and you know so no exactly and there's no such thing as you know authentic or original there's no pure version of a culture or an ethnicity it that's a farce the reality is that we're all the product of oh yeah dialogue and conflict and integration and fragmentation it's messy well i'm glad the human f- history is messy i'm glad the four of us agree on this but a lot of people don't that's yeah what that's comes, part of the problem what comes from this kind of misunderstanding of you know human society and what both in terms of you know the mo- this is the world's most dangerous border dispute we're talking Should about we two start- nuclear armed powers would- um Three, Three, if you count well, China's They get 10% of it. So. Yeah, How do you make yeah. a more volatile situation even more? Just have China come on it just, and just yeah, claim we're gonna, a piece no, of land. Donald Trump offer to mediate, and the and the Modi government just go, eh. so This is why no. Pakistan is asking well, for the Security Council, the UN, to mediate and think not. 
<laughs> of course, the problem is, I'll do is it. now I mean, China's stake complicates the Security Council question, too. But right. So nah, I'm sure they'll be right. I mean, about it. <laughs> <laughs> totally neutral party. Russia, China oh, on the same council. Wait, wait, There's Pakistan, nothing but impartiality. You want to sure. lease us another port, right? Pakistan. And then, okay. And then oh, okay. Britain yeah, well, awkwardly okay. being there in the middle of it every time, like we're relevant. It. Well, and we're then relevant. France just being like, oh, like Uber invited us. So with with, with we're actually, what the fuck, eh? Shut, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with we're actually with Pakistan, you know, they've kind of you know they've been kind of asking around. <laughs> Raw walked into something, but um. Pakistan's been trying to like, go around the world, kind of like, hey, can someone help us try to like, deal with this shit? No one's talked to them at all. But now they're playing, the Americans, they're playing the, like, well, you know what? If this keeps happening, we're going to pull our troops from uh, our, the in Afghan, Afghan, no, the Afghan border and put them on the Indian border. So it's like, I guess yeah. we can't fight out Taliban as well. And that India, peace process is happening. India has now. been throwing their diplomatic weight around, oh, trying yeah. to oh, yeah. isolate after the bombing and after the, you know, the skirmishes this past, yeah. this, you know, this past year, India has been really working to um and they've said they've said as much to isolate pakistan from the international community it, which it was it was also part of this comeback she's like this isn't just from the, the bombing i mean ever since modi had first came into power with um in 2014 which by the way that was the first time in a long while that one party outright won enough to not need a coalition when he initially won yeah. and then when he won again just this year he won with an even large majority, and from what I understand, that's never been done in the history of India's like public. Like he won even more Yay votes and more seats. Is- and so, but part of it is now this is speaking anecdotally um, to uh, friends of mine and some coworkers I've had who are actually from India. A lot of what some about it is like what they really do like about Modi is how, for really the first time, a lot of Indians the way they put this to me feel as though India is actually asserting itself on the national stage because for a long time they felt like they were just being too passive and letting Pakistan go and quiet cry to the UN about everything and then India would just be quiet about it and now they feel as though you know India is here India is arriving on the world and Modi is the one that's going to do that and actually assert them like assert you know itself throughout the world and so that's just kind of part of this now whether or not that's good that's a whole nother yeah. Topic, well, for years they—I mean—they were one of the founding members of the Non-Aligned Coalition. Exactly. They yeah. had make they you know, th- which is the uh, during the Cold War it was kind of a, a loose coalition, you know, um, uh, supergroup, <laughs> so to speak, of non states not aligned with the Soviet Union or the U.S. in terms of foreign policy. So. Cowards. <laughs> yeah seriously pick a side yeah what are you weak? um and i mean they've so they've kind of tried to maintain that balance but yeah. now they haven't really set out on their own to be fair we did piss them off during the cold war a bit uh yeah. when More so bangladesh a um a lot of americans don't remember um even those that were alive during the time probably because they weren't paying attention um bangladesh was actually east pakistan because they had uh because when they did petition, they had the brilliant idea to have Pakistan, and then uh, way on the other side of India, East Pakistan. Yeah. And that did not Pakistan. last at all. Yeah, and so then Pakistan proceeded to basically not give East Pakistan any representation, assistance, long story short, so a civil war happened. But what happened, no, I'll just say, and what happened was, when that war broke out, um, a lot of Europe sided with India and Bangladesh wanting for independence, Except uh, the Nixon administration did not. 
uh, side of them. And so this is part of many kind of grievances where we have uh, kind of pissed them off over time. We also, so understandably sided, we also sided with Portugal locked. when they wanted to keep their little city, right? And uh, Yes. Is that, yeah. So, that, yeah, and then also we continually uh, did not let India get... We, we continually uh, tried to block India from achieving uh, nuclear weapons, um, which... That worked well. Yeah, they, they did, um, and uh, eventually we basically just kind of forgave We or, just kind of decided not to talk yes. about it anymore. Uh, well, yeah, For... the Clinton administration uh, sent sanctions, and then the Bush W administration implemented the policy of just, let's just pretend they're not there. Um that's kind usually how it works. If you if you get through an administration or two, then you know. I mean, there's an entire movie about it now. It just of them getting the uh, the Bollywood movie of them now getting. How we're they already talking about the last episode. We're already moving on. Already moving on. Sadly, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Anyway, yeah. but well, so basically, India is never in the modern era. It hasn't thrown its weight around, and it's one of the big. Yeah. It's, you know, the biggest country, one of the biggest nations in the world, um, both physically or both population wise and geographically and so that clout that comes with it you're oh, saying yeah. um that's that draws a lot of indians of various particularly yeah because yeah. for most of their history like as a republic the party that's ruled the indian congress party which has now just been completely obliterated it's been ruled by the gandhi family not related to the, the gandhi, gandhi most americans world, but the Gandhi family, which has basically seen and is blamed, largely justified for causing a lot of the political corruption that a lot of people associate with Indian politics. So one of the other things that's kind of a tricky factor right now in the, the regional context isn't just India being more assertive on the international stage. It's also the way that it's engaging oh, with yeah. particular countries. So there seems to have been much more openness to strategic coordination of India with the United States and Japan vis-a-vis uh -huh. -vis China, for example. Oh, yeah. So there's there's been a lot more going on with some of these regional dynamics of collaboration focused on the sort of broader Indo-Pacific security and economic situation that are a major factor for how any other country might respond to some of these territorial disputes and domestic administrative questions that come out in, in the Kashmir situation. Hasn't the Navy, we, we recently renamed that theater, the Indo-Pacific Command or something as a, um, a, almost a... It's still, it's still referred pack, to as Pack Fleet, pack, okay. but they... But the, a lot of the Navy has, um, the chief naval yeah. officer has visited there multiple times. Yeah, because there's been a, in the last few years, there's been a real um, sort of co yeah. convergence of interest between the U.S. and India well, that hasn't existed. For a long time, the United States has wanted India to be like an ally, like a partner. Like the right. United States really, really wants India to be its big ally in South Asia, um, understandably, because it would... Because it makes sense. We're, we're, we're both two of the largest democracies on earth. We have a lot of security interests. India would be, you know, with propped up and with assistance. The United States could be seen as a great buffer to China. Yes. India has growth. more issues with China than we do in a lot of ways. So Yeah, and then also, but also India doesn't, is in the weird awkward position is that, you know, they have these foreigners that are, you know, trying to help back them, but they still are bordering China at the end of the day, and they still trade a lot with China. Right, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back to Kashmir. Um, we talk like a little, it's all that's relevant, but it's like, it's, 
what I mean, what's going to happen? Because like most likely, the thing is, no one's in a good position like we discussed earlier to think they're really to, to kind of like, hey, you shouldn't do this because they're going to be like, oh, no. Well, what I'm just mentioning too is the internet has, the internet and landlines have been shut off now for about 10 days there. Yeah. And the op- and the ruling government that was there in that part has been um, detained. They're all yeah. in, under house arrest, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pre- yeah, pretty much any significant politician there, regardless of, of their sort of slant uh, policy-wise, has been either under house so, arrest or taken to a, a formal detainment so facility. So what was once kind of a benign presence is now really much yeah, they were, much an they occupation were, they were mostly there i view i view it as like you know the be on the border and that kind of stuff we also deal with like there are the pop-up groups that kind of show like we want to be part of pakistan that kind of deal and like, yeah. the protests that would happen but now it's the kind of like now they're now, not now it's sponsored just... by pakistan but not not sponsored by <laughs> yeah. pakistan yeah because yeah. yeah. now, now it's ones, now, that, now, ones now... that haven't attempted any alignment with mm-hmm. pakistan yeah. that have just advocated for essentially federalism of, right. of proper autonomy yeah. for local yeah. local jurisdiction and autonomy within india as a as a national system yeah those politicians have been detained would you go so far as to call it martial law i mean they deployed tens of thousands in, of anything troops. but it's, it's... <laughs> so, you deployed tens of thousands well, of troops and you well see that's there's been a huge yes, checkpoints like cut yeah. off telecommunications yeah. no, pu- no public deployed. gatherings <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, it's like if they're not, if it's not martial law, it's like it looks de facto martial law. Yeah, it looks, yeah. Like, it looks, it looks like a duck and quack that, like That's the thing too is like they're gonna is like at some point whenever they take the lid off of this, um, it's it's going to there's going to be violence. That's the that's the like frank part of it. Apparently, like, there already has been like no one's it's oh, it's, it's, it's already yeah, but like yeah, they, no one's no, but no one really knows. But once the internet and like once other things come back online, like you know, like other communications come back on. It's gonna be, you know, it's it's a that kid who was killed a couple of years ago. Well, I forgot his name, um, Wahani or something. He he's he kind of brought uh, Kashmiri militancy into, oh, yeah. made it made it fashionable again in the twenty first well, century. And, and he was he was killed in twenty sixteen, and basically the entire country just came to, or the, the entire area just came to a halt and came out and protested. And Pakistan's this, gonna yeah. totally try to. Oh. I mean, like more I mean, the K in Pakistan stands for Kashmiri. Like a lot of, that's another thing that a lot of people don't realize that um, like there's no such thing as ethnicity as a Paki. It's uh, it stands Pash- for Punjabi, Punjabi, Afghan, Kashmiri, and then the I stands for Islam. Huh. Um, and so like they that's very much a part of like just the idea, the ethos behind the nation of Pakistan hmm. as it exists. Um, and also Pakistan's feeling increasingly threatened by India, also be with India inserting itself more. Um, India wanting to help back and put it help like even just a little bit of the United States in Afghanistan because uh, the Afghan the Afghan government and slightly people in Afghanistan and in Pakistan they don't get along very well because there's a whole region in western Pakistan that originally was part of Afghanistan and then after the Afghan British war the, it was ceded to Brit to British India. And then with the agreement that after 100 years, the people there would vote if they wanted to stay over there or if they wanted to join Afghanistan. But when that 100 years came up, it's part of Pakistan. So it never happened. Yeah, It's almost like the history is complicated again or something. It's almost like it's, God I don't know, British. Israel and Palestine <laughs> all over again. Yeah, but just with even that's more simple. a so, lot yeah, more people. One of, the, one of the main complaints <laughs> of the Pakistani government has been that the Afghan the the Afghan government and India are too close, too close, too close. Well, now mm-hmm. the, the current what? Afghan government doesn't like 
government package. Like you're interfering, you're interfering. It's like and there's truth to it. You know, it's not well, like yeah. There's anything, I mean, so. I mean that's yeah been going back. Then, yeah. yeah, even even under the Taliban, they didn't. Yeah. they didn't. Like oh, the, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, Pakistan the is like the ultimate like friend and enemy of the United yeah. States of like allies are, only because we kind of have ally. to be. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, we'll well, ally only must, because we have for, to. Yeah, and, you know, and then Bin Laden there, and then Pakistan <laughs> was just like, oh, well, it's kind of weird. <laughs> right by our military yeah. academy. <laughs> oh, wow, would you know? He, he was teaching was classes. Was it Purvis Musharraf going on the Daily Show, being like, I can dare, I can guarantee you, he's not here. So, in, and from what I've come across, at least, uh, over the last several days, the government in Pakistan has not really actively tried to say we might use Afghanistan as a, uh, as a bargaining chip in this, but they have said, look, if you want us to keep troops on the border yeah, with Afghanistan right. to help control the flow of militants... Uh, that's not going to happen too well if we've got to move troops over to the other side of the country to deal with potential it's, outbreaks yeah, of violence was, over this situation. They've been, they've been doing that since one, essentially. Of like, yeah. and every time we kind of get shitty, and they're like, "Hey, you got you got to get them off our back," or you know, they're they're the big, they've always viewed Pakistan obviously for a lot of reasons always viewed them as a bigger threat than Afghanistan for so many reasons. But then it's kind of like, all right, well, they're going to do that. That causes us, we might want to get involved, but, it, you know... Yeah. Do you want us to put pressure on the Taliban and bring them to the table? Or well, do it was, you want it's, to it's also a be buddy-buddy really, with India? Well, it's also such, like, it's such a close... Like, we're very... I mean, close as we've been how many years of getting an actual, maybe, peace process with the Taliban, and it's like, this could set it back, potentially? Potentially, or maybe not, you know? it's But it's still, like, that threat is there, and now the U.S. Will want, will want to get involved, I'm sure we'll... See something really fucking stupid in the government where they're be like, we're definitely not going to do that. <laughs> it's also like, the thing about, I know we're supposed to be over Kashmir, but just the thing about just this region as a whole and the relations of these two countries is so complicated because yeah. so much of it is domestic, but it just ties into so many geopolitical areas. I mean, you can't separate the two meaningfully. Oh, yeah. Especially then on top of that, you have, you know, two nuclearly armed nations. I mean, it was, uh, it's been. In several interviews, Barack Obama... The Chinese like, Communist Party has oh, made a point of inserting themselves to oh, make yeah. us remember that there's well, a third. I mean, this yeah. is also they, a region, They've been too. vocal about this topic, too. This is a region, yeah, too, that tip. doesn't get nearly the attention that, you know, the Gaza Strip and Jerusalem, yeah. all that gets, or Crimea, but this is, like, a region that, on several occasions, I'll have interviews that Barack Obama said, like, this is something that when you're president of the United States, after getting all the briefings, that for the rest of your life, this is something that keeps you up at night. Like you wake up in the middle of the night, like about yeah. thinking about this region, just because I mean, it's it. most like it's the most likely reason to cause a nuclear exchange. Yeah, yeah. Um, particularly when one of the countries, Pakistan, likes to uh, out of paranoia us. put all their nuclear bombs in trucks and drive them around. Yeah, lend out their scientists on occasion to you know whoever, <laughs> whoever, <laughs> you know, highest friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to admit, it's, kind of thing. So, hundreds final, of layers of complexity. So, we're, we're coming to the end. So, final thoughts on what do you think will happen with this in the near term? If well, any real, if you have any I don't think the Taliban is going to visit the White House if they win the war on terror. <laughs> so, I think <laughs> <laughs> that was helpful. So, I mean, yeah. Anyway, moving on. To, somebody actually has something sort of to say. This is, is this the part where we flow down the mission? The Trump puts down the uh, mission accomplished banner. Yeah, it would be all gold. But anyway, and then, and then Jeb Bush sh- sheds a tear in the sink in the corner. A, he drops a Jeb Bush out of his plane and then lands. 
Anyway, so uh, for actual, you know, cashmere situation, not. Um, I, I, like worst case scenario, I can see. I can see it being a giant land grab, kind of like in a lot of ways where there's, you have a lot of the settlements uh, with Israel and Palestine yeah. Yeah. moving in, where slowly just pushes a lot of the Kashmiris out, um, because this is like one of the poorest, like I said, one poorest region yeah. in India. And um, are we going to see people, peace walls like in Northern Ireland, barriers that I, I don't know. Like it, also, it's like hard how you develop the yeah. region too. That's like down. so yeah. volatile because like regions that are super mountainous are some of the hardest to like develop economically. Right. I mean. Just, Nepal or a lot of these other regions will like you know or Peru can show you that um, it's I don't know and then or best case scenario perhaps it helps better integrate like relations between Kashmiris and their fellow Indians and this maybe uh, kind of ushers in like a more of an era of more dialogue between the sides but it's kind of it doesn't really look that way unfortunately like it's I think it was as a we were talking earlier, the Eurasia group put India literally just lit a match. Yeah. So are, are, are we talking, you know, new era of conflict? Like, I don't see another you know, war. off and on skirmishes maybe until... Some, maybe some skirmishes, but I don't see I don't another know. war going. Yeah. I don't see another war. Okay. Just because of nuclear weapons and many other factors. Yeah. I would argue that the broader security situation and tensions in the region are most likely going to continue to to grow worse uh and the buck is going to keep being passed down to future generations to untangle the mess uh, i would also posit that life for people in the region is best case scenario going to stay just as vulnerable and unstable as it is now and worst case scenario get worse uh, I think that this sets a very dangerous precedent for the rest of uh, domestic Indian politics, actually, uh, in terms of minority rights and federalism and local autonomy, that you, you're setting some constitutional precedents for more authoritarianism. And there's still the small but noticeable outside chance of a nuclear exchange somehow spiraling out of this yeah. shit show. I, I think the big thing to take from this is this becomes a front page geopolitical flashpoint that's going to be popping up as much as you said, you know, North Korea or Israel-Palestine. Would already be if it, it, Americans it should, were just attention. more conscious of the but actual stakes I here. Th um, there's more skin in the game for both us and for the region as a whole. So it's something yeah. to watch i mean america wants india to be an ally like this is the things you inherit like yeah. you have to you, 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 you inherit the sibling rivalries america exactly. wants any stake in the region we inherit it there's there's no way oh. out of having a stake oh, yeah, in it just, if we yeah. have relations with any country well our not just government but also just industry i mean amazon's made a massive push i mean they had a massive parade there to worship jeff bezos basically <laughs> is he is he the newest you new mean <laughs> Is you he? mean His yeah. Excellency, the first emperor of the moon. <laughs> yeah. First, the, the first, first, e first emperor si since Vi and Queen Victoria. Best born son of Seattle. Um, <laughs> as someone from Seattle. Um, but, no, really, like, it's, it, the United States and India are becoming closer and closer allies, and it's been said many times, like, the death, that, like, the relations between China, India, and America is, like, the most important trilateral relationship of the 21st century. And, yeah. like, this. This is going to make it even this, more. This so. is just one more large With complication. Things. China has their ten percent, yeah. and there so. there are no winners right now no, at all. No, not that I can see. So my thoughts, and then we'll end. 
So I think in the, it'll be really interesting in the coming days and weeks and months, really, whenever the blackout kind of ends and they kind of people can either go back in or we can see what's happening. I mean, we've seen stuff from the parliament kind of say, oh, this is unconstitutional. I doubt they'll do anything that'll reverse the situation. And then it's, you know, there'll just be, it'll be violence. People are going to protest. Military's going to crack down. Vicious cycle will continue until something really dumb happens. And then they'll blame the Pakistanis because they can. Even though Pakistan could, I mean, they could be involved. I saw a bunch of shady motherfuckers. Or, you know, it's, it becomes a cycle of a new normal. Yeah, it's the situation. I mean, we've seen it happen in their well, region before, but now it's yeah. like, now it's just like a new spiral of it. Well, now, but no, but it'll, I think now it'll look like a real occupation rather than just like, you know, we're a semi autonomous state. There's military there because the the border and shit, but now it's going to be a different situation. So, yeah. and what's probably exacerbated too is in a lot of that region in uh, northern India, like one of the biggest employers is the military because there isn't a lot of other jobs. And so, of course, then there becomes yeah. that. When the shells start falling, you start sense. killing family members of Indian military yeah. or no, Indian impacts no. military members, or so. just people who just work for the military, right, or, right. Sir, or it's like you know, I work at the you know the the you know, the bar or the grocery store, or whatever that serves all the military people and that kind of thing. So it'll be, it's gonna get real personal, real terrible, yeah. grieving and desperate and confused people don't draw clean lines. <laughs> I, I wrote this down before we started. Is it desperation breeds violence. I think that's it, what yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, on that positive note, um, that was almost diplomatic. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That address I gave earlier that said that was yours, that's actually.